everybody. Howdy, buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzz Killers. Killers. I, my, just like I wanted to say my name, and I was like, this is Nicole. It's like said it so high pitched. I, I don't was think like, so. I was like, why? Why did my voice come out in that well, octave? I don't think. Well, it's pro- I, I was like, hello. <laughs> this is probably me. Oh boy. Okay. Hey guys. So hey, yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first episode of Listener's Choice Month. Woo! Sorry guys, we're a week late. Life hit me in the face real hard. We had some life stuff to handle. We had some life stuff that was unpleasant. Um but we're back now. <laughs> and and um, things are okay. We everything We're making it through. Yeah, everything's okay. Um Yeah, aren't we? Yeah, Billy is sitting with us. Billy is laying podcast, next to me on our my bloody little podcast couch. <laughs> that sounds really weird. There's the a bloody sheet over the it. The podcast pop. And she's like staring at the door intently. I know. I like think she heard Tyler go outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tyler left. Okay. You can, you can um, lay down. You can lay down. But yeah, so this month is everything that you guys have suggested. Yes. And we are so excited because some of these pieces are wild. Mm-hmm. I this mean, I know the one I'm researching is wild. This is. And you said this one's pretty wild. Uh, I. <laughs> this case makes me. Have so many emotions. You already said there's gonna be a rant at the end. There's so. gonna be a v- there's gonna be rant. There there's gonna be some anger. There's gonna be some sad. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm glad it's at least a solved case. Yes. Because I was like, it, please tell me it's solved. If at this least. was unsolved, I think I would have lost my complete shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this case was actually recommended by our listener Jordan. Hello, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Um, <laughs> she's actually a friend of mine. <laughs> so thanks, Jordan. I'm a little biased. <laughs> but in this case, I had never heard of it. No. And I don't know how I've never heard of it. There's, like, a couple movies. There's, you like, said You said you watched one of them. I watched one of them. The second one is more loosely based. The okay. one I watched, like, uses their actual names and, like, like it's okay. supposed to be actually the story. Or bi- biographical. Yeah. Autobiographical. That's what my rant's going to be about, though, because it wasn't good. Oh. oh um. <laughs> shots fired. Bad movie. The shots fired. If you want to learn about this case, do not watch the movie. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Um, so I'm going to be Wait, wait, wait. You got to tell them about oh, the Oh, shit. First. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I got you all hyped. See, we're like. And Macy, stop me. We're uh, we're yeah. so excited to get back into we're, it. Yeah, we're just a little <laughs> distracted <laughs> by getting back into it. Okay, so as you might have seen a couple of weeks ago, we went on a wine binge. Yes, we did. And we are going to be trying some awesome wines. And every two months, we are going to go back to Mama V's house and go to the wine and liquor warehouse that they had there. And oh my god, it was amazing. We can buy like a hundred million spooky wines and then and then some. So guys. We had a shopping cart, okay? We were in that store for like an hour and a half. Was it an hour and a half? We were in there for a while. (laughs) And we got to try some wine. I was going to say, and there was a lady giving a tasting. We walked in and that was the first thing. She was like, do you want to try some wine? And I just looked at them and was like, And how much was that bottle? Like $5 or something crazy? Yeah, it was like, I think it was like $7.49, but there was like a rebate. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it was like $5. But it was so good. And then we got... (gasps) So many Michael David Wines. We found so many of the ones that we have not been able to find, guys. And apparently they glow in the dark. The yeah, didn't and know I don't that. know why I hadn't seen that or known well, it's that. funny because we have one of them over here saved. We saved some of the bottles that we really like, <laughs> and I wonder if we later turn the lights off. I wonder if that one glows. Well, I think it'd have to be really dark. 
Yeah, it would have to be like pitch black. Well, you guys will probably stay later, so we'll just come upstairs. We basically live here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, us at your house, too. Anyway. um, Macy, what are we drinking? We are drinking. This is the first time we're trying this wine. It's a whole big brand, and they're apparently really good. They are. I like this one. um, Ghost Pines Chardonnay. And it says mouthfeel. It does say mouthfeel on the label. Ghost Pines Chardonnay draws from multiple wine growing counties, okay, to create a wine as unique as the Ghost Pine itself. Hints of baked apple and pear couple with sweet vanilla and a soft mouthfeel finishing with hints of lemon cream. (laughs) (laughs) All the mouthfeels, guys. Mouthfeel. It's so good so far. I was going to say, I love it. I really like it. I wonder if they have a Pinot Grigio. Ooh. I love Pinot Grigio. What's a ghost pine? That's a good question. Oh, oh, oh. The Martini family developed the Martini? this land. Okay, so. Oh, wait a second. In 1964, Louis P. Martini, son of Napa pioneer Louis M. Martini, purchased 178 acres of land. The Martini family developed the land into a vineyard, which they named Ghost Pines as a tribute to the native gray pines, which at dusk appear to hover solitary and ghost-like throughout the coastal valleys. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Pretty neat. Oops. Anyway, guys, so. (laughs) Okay, so I called up. (laughs) You were like, what's a ghost pine? And I didn't know that the bottle was going to say it. So I had started to Google it, and I opened up. I have my iPad in front of me, guys, for my notes, and I opened up the internet browser, and... (laughs) What is this? The last thing I had searched about <laughs> what? What? the last thing I had searched was Chris Evans Dorito meme. <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot that I was talking to my friend about that and she'd never heard of it. Oh my god. And I was like, You've never heard of Chris Evans like as a Dorito? <sighs> and so I had to find the meme and send it to her. <laughs> and I apparently never closed my my browser. Well, that's okay. Oh my god. <laughs> wild and crazy (laughs) ghost pines (laughs) forever will be known with uh the the dorito chris evans the dorito man he lives amongst (laughs) the ghost pines (laughs) (laughs) it's fine okay nicole we've gotten through what we are drinking today what are we talking about not a fun one oh so i am going to tell you about gertrude gertrude banizuski and the horrific murder of Sylvia Likens. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, Gertie. I freaking hate her. She's a bitch. Gertie. She got off easy. What I a terrible I just, name. This case makes me steam. <laughs> okay. So, Gertrude was born in 1929 as Gertrude, Gertrude Van Fossen. Van Fossen? She was Like Van Tussle. <laughs> In uh, Sleepy Hollow, Van Tussle. <laughs> you said Tussle, and I just thought of Russell. Oh, I Tussle. Ru- Russell Tussle. <laughs> God damn it! Sorry, that was, <laughs> so we're never gonna live that one down. Blaming <laughs> on the twin Tussle. Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> if you don't get that joke, it's from a few episodes back. So <laughs> go go back and find the episode about Russell. About Russell. Okay. Um. Anyway. Gertrude Van Fossen. She was the third of six children. She was born to Hugh and Molly Van Fossen. Ooh. Um, and there's Ooh. not a ton really known about her upbringing. 
Um, uh, most sources just said she was really close with her dad, didn't have the greatest relationship with her mom. Okay. Um, and one thing that made it worse was at 11 years old, she watched her father die of a sudden heart attack. Oh, so, man. Yeah. So she lost, like, her biggest support system. And things were just kind of eh from then on out. At the age of 16, she dropped out of high school to marry John Benazuski. Okay. Um, he was 18 years old at the time. He was from Youngsville, Pennsylvania. Um, he actually goes on to become a cop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not that great. Funny uh, enough. <laughs> you, you'd think that would help. It doesn't. It does not. Um, <laughs> he had a really horrible temper. The two were married for 10 years, and they had four children during that time before they divorced. Okay. He was very violent. Oh, he man. beat her frequently. Oh. Um, and it, a few sources I read even said that when he just like simply got annoyed with her, he'd hit her. Like, oh man, for the stupidest of things. Okay, so he was so a terrible. He so was he's terrible a dick. Human. <laughs> so when they divorced, she got full custody of the kids. Um, and after divorcing John, she met a man named Edward Guthrie, and they married. Almost immediately. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This did not last long. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they married very quickly and divorced very quickly. Okay. Um, they only lasted three months together because Edward tired of all of her children. You married a woman with four kids and you don't like children. Dude. <laughs> Priorities <laughs> here. <laughs> I don't like your kids, so fuck <laughs> off. So, not long after the divorce with Edward, she rekindles things with John, and they get married again. What the fuck? <laughs> During this time, they have two more children. So, at this point, Yikes. together she has six. Together with John, she has six kids: Paula, Stephanie, John Jr., Marie, Shirley, and James. Okay. They stayed together for another seven years. Before huh? divorcing for a final time in 1963. Oh, my God. Man. Um, she. No, thank you. Um, she did have an affair at one point, a very brief affair with a 23-year-old man named Dennis Wright Sr. Okay. Um, he was just as abusive as John. And during their affair, Gertie got pregnant. Oh, my God. Um, she got Technically, she got pregnant twice. The first time, she had a miscarriage, and they believe it was because he beat her so bad. The second, oh. she did give birth to the child and raise him. She did raise him, um, Dennis. They, she named it after, after him, Dennis Jr. Okay. So, um, after the birth of their son, Dennis Sr. disappeared into the night and never came back. <laughs> this woman does not have to, does not have good luck with men. No, she does feel, not seem like it. I kind of feel a little bit bad. Um, mm, kind <laughs> what of she does bad. later on makes you not feel as bad. <laughs> um, so he up and left in the middle of the night, and he was financially supporting Gertrude and all seven of her children. Oh my goodness! So he left, and things became extremely difficult. Oh. Um. <clears throat> so she did her best while trying to raise seven children. She got odd jobs here and there. She did babysitting and some housekeeping. Okay. But she had a lot of trouble had like meeting ends. Yeah. Um sorry, I'm like stumbling over words a lot today. Um that has happened <clears throat> to me on multiple occasions. So 
finances became extremely difficult and once that became hard for her her health started to decline oh okay um she kind of stopped caring for herself they said she had really poor hygiene um she had a lot of like unknown chronic illnesses she had like a cough and all this stuff she would hardly eat she was really thin when you see a picture of this woman she's scary looking yikes like i cannot describe i saw her picture and was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) um yeah so (laughs) um she also continued to call herself mrs wright because dennis right right okay okay dennis right right despite never actually marrying this man she like still loved him and Um, yeah um and she would actually tell people that he was in the army and he was actually stationed over in germany she wouldn't tell them that he just like up and left that he just was like bye yeah oh man okay so this is when sylvia comes into the story Okay. It is 1965, and okay. the her children were all out at church, and Gertrude's daughter, her oldest daughter, Paula, who is 17, was with her friend Darlene, and Darlene had met these two girls and was like, hey, Paula, come meet these two girls I just came across. Like, they're new to the neighborhood. Uh-huh. That was Sylvia and Jenny Likens. Okay. Um, Sylvia was 16, Jenny was 15, they were sisters. Um, Jenny actually had polio. Oh, okay. Um, she had a big metal brace on one of her legs because it was very weak. She still walked, Mm -hmm. but she had, like, the big, big brace. Right. Um, they had an older sister named Diana. She had already gotten married and moved out before they ended up in this town, um, and they had two younger brothers, Danny and Benny, who were actually put into the care of their grandparents. Okay. So at this point, it is just Sylvia and Jenny. Got it. Um, and they ended up in this town because Betty's mother, or Betty, sorry, the mother's name is Betty. <laughs> um, I stared right at the name and said it. Um, Jenny and Sylvia, Sylvia's mother, Betty, took off with them because she had gotten into a fight with her husband, their okay. father, Lester. Got it. So at this point, um, Betty had actually been put into the local jail okay. for shoplifting. So these two girls were kind of on their own at the moment. Um, and Paula was kind of concerned for them and was like, come over. Like, come to my house. Yeah, yeah. So Jenny and Sylvia go to Gertie's house. And they offer for them to stay the night until they figure out what's going on because their mother is locked up and they have no way of getting back to their father. Got it. Um, The next day, though, Lester comes into town. He figures out where Betty had run off to with the girls and tracks them down. Um, He meets her in the jail and the the pair reconcile. Um, And they decided to continue their work as traveling carnies okay so they traveled around frequently they were gone all the time they worked for the sorkies okay um 
he then went out to find Jenny and Sylvia because Betty had obviously no idea where the heck they were. Yeah. So he asked around and somebody recognized the description of Jenny because of her leg brace and was like, oh, I saw them over at Gertrude's house. Mm -hmm. So he shows up and (laughs) Gertrude introduces herself as Mrs. Fright. Oh, my God. um, They talk for a little while, and he explains the whole situation and how he's going to get Betty out of of the jail. And once they're out, they're going to continue to travel. And they're just a little worried about the girls and the fact that they have to keep taking them out of school. And um, and it's all sources said it's unsure who made the suggestion here. And it was either Gertrude or it was Lester. One of them said... Why don't the girls stay here? Oh, no. I've already got seven kids. I can watch a couple more. Pay me $20 a week, and I will take care of them. Yikes. So, Lester, having just met this woman, was like, sure. You can have my kids. Take care of my children. I totally trust you. I've only had a conversation with you for about (sighs) 20 minutes. I trust you wholeheartedly. Yikes. Okay. (laughs) If Lester had just, uh, taken a quick look around at home he would have quickly realized he should have never left them there oh no their house was disgusting it was dirty like layers and layers of dirt everywhere just oh. garbage and they didn't have enough beds for all of the children that were already there no they are pa- they like they didn't have any food in their pantries they barely ate they didn't even have enough utensils so that everybody could eat at the same time. They're just like. So like c- a couple of them would eat. And they'd have to their hands. clean the fork. Or either like. Yeah they'd have to eat with their hands or something like that. And then it's just dirty in there too. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. Okay. Yeah. If you guys saw my house. It's immaculate. I pride myself on I have house. a <laughs> I have a very clean house. So. I've been. To mess t- makes me. So anxious. Anxious. Yes. <laughs> I would walk in that house and be like, I have to clean something. And I fully <laughs> blame my mother. Hi, mom. <laughs> she's I just don't blame my mother. She's just, just as OCD as me. My mom is not <laughs> as, as OCD as me, but I'm I'm very strange about it. You guys all came over last night and I was like, crap. And I had like an hour. But you <laughs> came in and that house was spotless it was it was very <laughs> clean last night <laughs> meanwhile my house looks like a freaking bomb went off and i, I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> it, gave, it gets like that i literally said to ryan this morning i was like i want to clean the house and he was like we just cleaned it and i was like but look at it, but look at it no. <laughs> i go through stages like i'll deep clean the downstairs and then the yeah next week I'll deep, cl- deep clean the upstairs yep. and then like i'll do like a week where it's like just the rooms that need it I think you just need to tighten your mic stand. Probably. <laughs> I keep smacking her in the face. Figure it out at some point. Anyway, guys, sorry. This house is disgusting. <laughs> uh, <continue>. So, yeah. <laughs> Basically, he should have never left his children with her. Oh, no. I hate this. So, they leave. They leave Sylvia and Jenny in this house. And at first, things were all fine and dandy at 3850 East New York Street in Indianapolis, Indiana. They went to, sc- they went to high school. They had friends, they went out, they did things, they went to church every Sunday, and that was until Lester and Betty did not send money. So they're supposed to be sending $20 every week. Oh my god, have you ever seen the movie, like, The Little Princess? 
No, I've not. Oh my god, it's like the same fucking thing. She gets her father is in the military. You guys, please tell me somebody else has seen this movie. Um, <laughs> it's called The Little Princess. This little girl, her father's like a soldier in the war. He's paying for her to be in like this boarding school, and then he doesn't send money because they think he's dead, and they didn't like they used all everything up that they could. So they're basically like, oh yeah, you were a student, but now you're a servant like here because what? your dad just like stopped paying for you and eventually he comes to find her because he's not really dead Aww. somebody please tell me they've seen this movie i've but never I, heard of it i literally was like he stopped sending the money <laughs> and then they treated her like shit yep. like <laughs> so i'm sure that's what happened it, oh yeah this <sighs> so oh, man <laughs> pour myself some wine you guys i'm getting gertrude through a fucking bit and it's not their fault well, that's the thing. And it was mailed. It was being mailed to them. And little did they know it was just going to show up a day or two late. So. Oh, man. The day she expected the money, it did not arrive. And like I said, she threw a fucking And bit. this is why people have a five-day grace period. Mm-hmm. A week-long grace period. Yep. Sorry. So I'm sorry. She sent all of her children upstairs. And took Sylvia and Jenny into a bedroom, made them lay across a bed, pull down their underwear and their shirt, their skirts, and she proceeded to beat them with a leather belt. Oh, my God. She said, I took care of you bitches for nothing. All because the check wasn't on time. Oh, my God. Yeah. So and let's like let's just put this out there. Not their fault. Literally not their fault. So Sylvia and Jenny began um, actually like wandering the local neighborhoods and they'd collect bottles and they would recycle them for money so that they could go buy some stuff for themselves. And there was a day they came home with candy and Gertrude accused them of stealing. Mm hmm. They tried to explain how they got the money and how they bought the candy, and she called them liars. Okay. And she well, you could literally just go talk to the person that they said gave them the money with the bottles, and they'd say, yep. Yeah. This woman was very much not in her right mind. Oh, my God. I hate this. She once again made them lay across the bed, and this time she beat them with a wooden paddle. So I would run away. I'd be like, bye, you're not my mom. <laughs> like, slowly, the torture started to shift to just Sylvia. And it's not clear as to why. Some believe it was because Jenny was suffering from polio. Um, Are you thinking maybe it was that she just, like, got in the way so that she could protect her sister from being beaten? That is a possibility. Um, so like Katniss shit, I volunteer as tribute, kind of yeah. thing. Oh, man. Well, one day at a church gathering, some of Gertrude's children came to her and complained that Sylvia was eating a gross amount of food. Okay? This is absurd. Gertrude told Sylvia it was disgusting for her to ruin her appearance like that. All because she was eating food. Food. That her, Gertrude could not provide her. Yeah, she was fucking starving. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, and 
she probably was starving her more than the other kids. She proceeded to force her to eat a bunch of hot dogs loaded with con- like condiments until she vomited. And then she proceeded to make her eat the vomit. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Why the fuck this lady? This case. I'm gonna, like, have a fucking meltdown. Here, I'm pissed to, off. to make you feel better, she's dead. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm fucking pissed off. Try fucking. Oh, man. Hate this woman. I hate this case. This case makes me angry and sad. And I feel like so I've much more is gonna piss you off. Trust me. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be fuming. Oh, man, I hate things with kids. Like, don't fuck with kids. Oh, it's like kids and pets. I can't. Oh, because they're so innocent. They don't do anything. Oh, this is going to get me. Yep. Oh, oh, man. Okay. So things took a turn for the worse, and Gertrude's mental health just kept declining. And as it did, she just kept focusing everything on Sylvia. Oh. And it was like, no matter what she did, it was a trigger. And Gertrude would just attack. Mm. At one point, we you Do find they have, like, testimony from her kids and shit like that? Oh, you wait for it. Oh, okay, good. Good, <laughs> good, good. So, <laughs> at one point, Paula ends up pregnant. Gertrude's oldest daughter. Okay. She's only 17. Ooh. She becomes pregnant after sleeping with a married man. Ooh. Yes. Yikes. Yikes. So. Okay. Um, she gets into a small spat with the baby daddy. And Sylvia was there. And she jumps in to try and defend her. Right. Paula gets mad. You didn't have to do that. Why did you get involved? X, Y, Z. Well, another person overheard all of this. And just like high school, rumors started flying. Just fucking telephone, game of fucking telephone. None of it's right. Yep. And it soon got back to Paula and to Gertrude that there was rumors going around that Paula was pregnant. And at this point, Gertrude did not know that Paula was pregnant. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So Paula went to her mother and said, Sylvia's been spreading lies about me. And I fucking hate two-faced bitches. She oh. get, she came home and Gertrude pulled her aside and said, we tell lies about my daughter. You spread lies. And she had Paula there. And she said, well, Paula, what do you want in return? She spread lies about you. What do you want? Paula said that she wanted her to be punished. And Gertrude said... You have to fight your own battles. And she proceeded to make the two of them fight each other in the middle of the living room. Like, fist fight each other. (laughs) And this one girl is actually really pregnant. Actually pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And the other one, and Sylvia was like, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. I I haven't said or done anything. I'm sorry. And she does not believe them. So, yeah. She made them fight. 
and <laughs> and that's the daughter's fault. It literally what, just, instead of being honest and be like, "Yeah, mom, I'm fucking pregnant." And Sylvia tried to stick up for her. Literally, okay. that's that's where it came from. Was Sylvia intervened when she was talking oh, to said to baby daddy? Said baby daddy, right? And somebody else overheard the conversation. And the lies spread from there. And she was like, well, Sylvia found out, so Sylvia spread the lies. Mm. Yeah. So, oh, man. Okay. Yikes. Um, from then on, they basically just found every reason humanly possible to beat down on Sylvia. <sighs> they called her a prostitute. They said that she was spreading lies about the family. Like... They said she was stealing. And uh, Gertrude told the whole family. And they all had a hand in this. I think I've heard about this Outside of, like, obviously, like, the baby. Because there was a baby baby. Yeah. They all had a hand in this. It's disgusting. I think I've heard about this case before. But I I don't know that much about it. Oh, my God. Um, I'm fucking pissed off. So, throughout all this shit, Lester and Betty came into town a few times to check on them. Are you kidding me? But Gertrude would never leave them alone. I would take my kids. If my kid looked like she'd been fucking beaten to shit, I would take her right then. I'd be like, bitch, you're not getting my $20 a week. Fuck you. Lester said it. He never saw a problem. Nothing ever stood out as being wrong. Fuck them. I'm so mad. He never saw anything, including the time they came to visit in early October, just a few weeks before she dies. There's no way you don't see that. Even if there's no... Oh, man. Oh, man. I would have pulled my fucking kid out of there. Because there's no way that she looks like she's happy. Well, and the problem was... Whenever they came into town, they never went out anywhere. They just came to the house. And Gertrude would never leave them alone. So she, they can't even tell them. And so they were both too afraid to say anything because Gertrude was right there. So they never were able to tell their parents what was going on. Neither Sylvia or Jenny. Um, I'm really mad. Really fucking mad. So during all this loveliness... They got some ne- new next-door neighbors. Phyllis and Raymond Vermilion. Verm- Vermilion? Vermilion. Ooh. <laughs> what a name. You're going to hate everybody in this fucking story. Fucking fuck these two people. Kick them in the shins. On multiple occasions, Phyllis and Raymond saw Sylvia with bruises and cuts and were even told by Gertrude and Paula that they were the ones that had caused it. There is a point where they see Sylvia and she is hurt. And Phyllis says to Paula, what happened to Sylvia? And Paula says, oh, we got in a disagreement. I had to teach her a lesson. I would have been like, I'm pulling this fucking kid out of here. I'll take the oh. I'll take the maybe twenty dollars a week sometimes late. I will do not touch this kid. Like I would pull her out of there like that. They did nothing. Oh, they knew all of this and they Man. did nothing. 
They even later admitted to hearing Sylvia's screams for help. And they looked at each other and said, it's not our place. And went about their day. Oh my god, I would have fucking stormed the door. Stormed the Bastille. Get out of the... I would pick that kid I up out of her bed and I would bring her with me. Immediately I'd be like, gone to the police. Yes! I would have been like, I'm taking this child. I'm calling the police. There is something wrong with you. You just openly admitted to abusing this child. Yes, and I hear her screams on a daily basis. I am taking her with me. Fuck you. You're terrible. Oh my god. I'm really angry. I'm so mad. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? You're gonna boil over. Um, <laughs> Sylvia came home from school one day and explained to Gertrude the school required her to get a new sweatsuit for gym class. Gertrude said, can't afford it. Too bad. So Sylvia resorted to stealing one from the school. Well, she came home with that sweatsuit one day and Gertrude said, where, where the fuck did you get that? I know I didn't give you money for it. She beat her into a confession. And then proceeded to take matches and burn her fingertips. Because she had, quote, sticky fingers. Ma- Macy's face right now. I can see the, the steam coming out her ears. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. <laughs> and I think you guys have heard it enough. I'm just really fucking angry. From here on out, this led to Sylvia basically just being used as an ashtray. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. They just began putting out cigarettes all over her body. All over her body. So, during this time, Sylvia continued to go and dig out of garbage cans to try and get some money. Um, and one of the days, again, she returned home with money and Gertrude accused her of prostitution. She then, big ass trigger warning. Oh man, big ass trigger warning. Big ass trigger warning. (sighs) She forced Sylvia to take off all of her clothing. She paraded her into the living room where her son, her sons and several neighborhood kids were sitting. She gave her a glass Coca-Cola bottle and forced her to masturbate with it in front of all of them. I want to fucking punch this lady in everywhere. Just everywhere. <laughs> I just want to punch her everywhere. <laughs> so this unfortunately led Sylvia to become incontinent. And for those who do not know... What that means basically means you do not have basic control over your bladder. And because of this, Gertrude decided that she didn't belong with people anymore. And she put her in the cellar and locked her down there. You fucking caused this. You're the reason that this happened and I can't do this anymore. And I'm the one that has to go to the fucking cellar. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So the cellar had no bathroom. She had to go on the floor. She had to sleep on the dirt floor. A lot of the times she was naked. She was given almost no food to eat. 
some crackers occasionally. They still would go down there to beat her regularly. Even though she's not doing anything. (laughs) She needed to be taught a lesson. That was her reasoning. At one, they, um, sorry. Gertrude decided because the cellar was so dirty, she needed to start bathing Sylvia. And to do so, she would drag her out of the basement, naked, would tie her hands and her feet together, and would force her into scalding water, where she would leave her, and then she would come and rub salt on her skin, and into her burns, and into her cuts. This lady's fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Oh, her daughter's helped. And Paula. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> okay. <sighs> oh, man. Gertrude then began using Sylvia to make money. She would charge local kids a nickel to see her naked, or even the opportunity to push her down the stairs. This is, like, pure evil. This is, like, who can be like this? They even began to force her to eat and drink her own feces and urine. (sighs) Instead of just feeding her. Oh, man. So, as a lot of this was happening, there is a local neighborhood boy named Ricky Hobbs. Ricky Hobbs is 14 years old. Please remember that. Okay. He's 14. Okay. He was a very smart kid. He was an honor student. He did very well in school. Okay. Until he started hanging around Gertrude's house. Oh. She basically brought him in and made him her little, like, henchman. So she doesn't have enough children? Some believe that he was seduced by her. That's how she kept him around and doing all of these bad things. Oh, God. So, remember Ricky, because he plays a big part in this. He comes back to this. Frequently. Um, Yikes. In the middle of all this, Jenny writes a letter to her older sister, Diana. So this is Sylvia and Jenny's oldest sister. Oldest sister. The one who is married and no longer living with them. Jenny told her everything that was happening. Everything. Good for her. Diana didn't believe it. Are you fucking kidding me? She believed that with Jenny was just upset because she probably did something wrong and was punished for it and was angry. It was prou- all these people probably felt like fucking assholes in the end. Well, she ignored the letter. But later on, she did try to visit. So she came to Gertrude's house. And Gertrude told Diana... That they were not allowed to speak with her, per the wishes of Lester. 
they weren't allowed to speak. Oh, the daughters. Sylvia and sorry, yeah. So Sylvia and Jenny could not talk to Diana because Lester, their father, did not want them to. She's probably like, "That's bullshit." That's exactly. Diana was like, "What are you talking about? Where are my sisters?" And Gertrude got angry, threw a fit, threatened to call police, and like kicked her off the property. I'd be like, "I'll call police. My sisters are in there." Well, (laughs) Diana hung around. And waited until she saw Jenny outside. When she went up to Jenny, Jenny got very nervous and just said, I'm not allowed to talk to you, and then ran away. That would be my clue right there. Get my, I call the police. Diana became very concerned and called social services. Thank God. Somebody's doing something. But when the social worker arrived... Gertrude claimed that she had kicked out Sylvia because she was a prostitute. And after she kicked her out, she just ran away. And she didn't know where she was. I would have searched that fucking house. The social worker spoke with Jenny, but Gertrude was right there. No, I wouldn't. They're supposed to do that. They're supposed to be like, you need to leave the room. They do that. And And so Jenny could not tell her the truth. Or tell, I'm sorry, the social worker about the truth. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. It didn't ever say. Did not, could not tell them where Sylvia was and had to lie and say, yeah, my sister's a prostitute. She ran away. I would have written them a note. It's not <sighs> under the table. The social worker left and in her report said, run away. No Bye. need to contact again. Motherfucker. The amount of times this girl could have been saved is beyond me. This is a series of events that does lead to Sylvia's death. And it's just like so many. It makes me want to scream. Oh my God. So on October 20th, Um, A boy showed up at their front door and told Gertrude that her kids had stolen some of his belongings. His name was Robert Bruce Hanlon. Robert demanded his belongings back and Gertrude was like, get the fuck out of here and kicked him out. He waited for a little while and he tried to break into the house. Gertrude caught him and called the police. The police showed up and they, they took him, they arrested him. Phyllis, the next door neighbor, saw him on the property, heard their argument at the front door, and came out to talk to the police. Did she once mention a damn fucking thing about Sylvia? No. No. You can not their business. stick your fucking nose in this little twerp trying to break into their property, but you can't help the girl who's fucking screaming for help. Furious. Man. <laughs> So, the very next day, Gertrude instructed several of the children to escort Sylvia from the basement to one of the bedrooms. She was tied to one of the beds, and Gertrude told her if she could hold her bladder through the night, she could sleep upstairs again. She can't! She can't! And so she wet the bed. Gertrude was pissed at her. forced her to dress before dragging her down into the living room, 
in the middle of all of the kids and the neighborhood kids forced her to perform a striptease and once again masturbate with a glass Coca-Cola bottle. This bitch. I'm... Man! Okay. (laughs) We're angry kids. We're angry guys. This... B-A-T-W. B-A-T-W. She then somehow managed to bring up, once again, that Sylvia had, quote-unquote, spread rumors about Paul. Like, when in the last, like, month that I've been in the fucking... Oh, the same things. The same thing. And she said, you branded my daughter as a whore, so I'm going to brand you. Your daughter ha- is pregnant. Does she not know this yet? Did she lose the baby? Like, wh- where is this baby? It's only been two months. And she just, oh, my God. She's been in this house for only two months. And all You of think this-, this is, like, a long span of time? This is two months. Oh, my God. Two fucking months. How can you live with yourself? How can you live with yourself? Having all of this fucking torture go down on this person. It's because of you. It's because you couldn't fucking tell the truth because you are not an honest person. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Ran over. She had her children hold her down while she was still naked. And she used matches to heat up a sewing needle. And she then instructed Ricky Hobbs who was one of the boys that was just always there to carve into Sylvia's stomach. He made, she made him carve the phrase, I'm a prostitute and proud of it into her stomach using a heated sewing needle. The needle left behind third degree burns. And there are pictures from her autopsy of this carved into her stomach. This I I'm speechless. Okay. They then yeah. attempted to carve what they believe to be the letter S into her chest. They're not sure if it was to stand for Sylvia. Some think it was to be that it stood for either slave or slut. They started the S and then they handed like they did like the first curve of the S. They handed the needle off to Shirley, who was the youngest daughter in the house at the time. She was nine. And she finished it, and she did it wrong, and it ended up being a letter three, uh, number three, carved into her chest. Gertrude then said to Sylvia something along the lines of, what are you going to do now? You're branded. You can't undress in front of a man like that. No one's going to want you. Uh, okay. Gertrude then had um, one of the neighborhood boys take her back down into the basement. That night, Jenny snuck down to see her sister. And at the time, Sylvia told Jenny that she believed she was going to die soon. 
and not long after Jenny left, Gertrude had Sylvia moved from the basement up to the one of the beds again. The next morning, Sylvia was taken by Gertrude and Paula for a bath. This time it was a normal, calm, soapy bath. No salt, no boiling water. They dressed her, and they forced her to write a letter. And it basically said, I ran off in the middle of the night with a bunch of men. I'm a prostitute. Like, I, I caused Gertie all these issues. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore, so I left. <sighs> These assholes are going to try and get <coughs> away with this. Um, sorry, I really, I really hate this. I, like, don't like talking about this. Um, Sylvia then overheard Gertrude make plans to just have her kids take her to a local dump and just leave her there to die. She used all of the strength she had to try and run out the front door. She made it just to the front door before Gertrude caught her. She brought her into the kitchen and sat her down. She tried to give her food, but she couldn't. She couldn't eat. There's no way that somebody's going to find this body of this person. I'm sorry. And be like. Oh, yeah, natural causes. Natural causes. So Gertrude tried to feed her some toast, and Sylvia couldn't swallow it. And she kept trying to force her to eat it, and she could not do it. She took down a curtain rod and beat her in the mouth with it. All because she couldn't eat. Because of this fucking lady. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh. Okay. So she... she (laughs) Beat her in the mouth and then threw her back in the cellar. (sighs) The next morning, Gertrude went into the cellar with the intentions of beating Sylvia again. She swung a wooden chair and missed and it shattered against the wall. And then she tried to hit her with the wooden paddle and karma's a bitch. She missed and hit herself. Good. Bitch. One of the neighborhood boys stepped in and proceeded to beat Sylvia unconscious with a broom handle. That same night, when Sylvia woke up, she used a metal object. When they said it was like the, the tip of like a shovel. Okay. But I, I couldn't. I only saw that in one source. Okay. So some type of metal object, and she was banging the cement floor. All night, the neighbors heard this. They considered calling the cops, but they didn't. On the morning of October 26th, Gertrude told her daughter Stephanie and Ricky Hobbs to bring Sylvia upstairs again for a bath. They brought her upstairs and tossed her into the bath fully clothed. When they returned a short time later to pull her out, she was not breathing. They dragged her to a nearby room and placed her on a dirty mattress. Stephanie tried to um, give her CPR, but it was too late. Sylvia had died. She instructed Ricky to go to a nearby payphone, because she didn't have a phone in her house, to call the police. When police got there, Gertrude gave them the note that she had forced Sylvia to write. 
But in a moment where Gertrude wasn't paying attention, Jenny pulled aside a police officer and said, take me out of here and I will tell you everything. Oh, my God. Jenny. They took Jenny. Savage. They found Sylvia's body dead and limp on the dirty mattress on the floor. They arrested Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Jr. And they they arrested two neighborhood boys, Ricky Hobbs and Coy Hubbard. They arrested a few other neighborhood kids. Um, I'm sorry. They arrested those those first ones for murder. Okay. They arrested a few other of the neighborhood children for injury to person. But the charges didn't stick. They were dropped. Okay. A few of them actually ended up testifying against Gertrude. Well, <sighs> good. The Your asshole's too because you went along with it. That night. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Seriously. Jeez, when did nobody say, like, this is great? This is crazy. And <laughs> when did, why did anybody say this? I will I will talk to you about the movie because the movie pissed me off. I didn't like the movie, and I will, I will go into that. Okay, and I will okay. very much have a rant about that and why I didn't enjoy it. So that night, Betty and Lester flew home from where their traveling circus was currently in Florida to identify her body. Um, during the autopsy... They found over 100 cigarette burns on her body and dozens of other second and third degree burns. She had dozens of bruises, and then she also had muscle and nerve damage. Some of her fingernails had been ripped off (gasps) during... They oh my God. and they believe it happened during the last few days she was alive because she was in a she would have been in a lot of pain right before her death. She nearly bit her own lips off. They said her lips were almost severed from her biting them from pain. Oh my God! This poor girl. <laughs> Her vaginal cavity was swollen shut, but her hymen was still intact. So Gertrude's, she's a prostitute, was bullshit. Fucking crap. She had a fractured skull, and her her official cause of death was brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging of the brain, and shock. And due to how many times she had been beaten within the last few days of her life, they couldn't even figure out what blow led to her death. Oh my god. I hate this case. This I I like I want to cry right now. I just this poor <sighs> girl did nothing wrong. Nothing. And these this woman and this family just ruthlessly beat her. And probably just like held their her sister back and was like, "Oh, you have polio. What are she, you gonna well, do?" She like, was too afraid to do anything. I'll tell you. I'll, I do mention it because um, I'm about to talk about the trial. Oh my god! They told Jenny that if she tried to intervene or get help for Sylvia, that she'd end up just like Sylvia. She was terrified. So yeah. Stephanie's lawyer, the second oldest daughter. Um, she managed to get her a separate trial. 
while okay. Gertrude, Paula, John Jr., Ricky Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard were all tried together. Oh, man. Their trial began in May of 1966. Okay. The court initially sought the death penalty, even for Hobbs and Hubbard. Remember, 14. He was 14, and Hubbard was only 13. Oh, my God. These kids were young. How? Oh, how? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, John Sr., Gertrude's ex, did show up to the trial. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And there's photos of him, like, comforting his children. Like, your children are monsters. Some of them. A few of them. Turn, and you'll see. Okay. Okay. So, during the beginning of the trial, um, Paula gets rushed to the hospital to give birth to her baby. During all that shit, Gertrude does eventually find out that she's pregnant. And doesn't at all pull Sylvia out of there and be like, oh. Nope. You know, nope. I realize you were lying. She just lying. continues to beat Sylvia and call her a prostitute. <laughs> um, we have nothing nice to say. Okay. So, so she was rushed to the hospital to give birth to her baby, which she named Gertrude. Paula's a bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that baby ended up being given up for adoption. Okay. Um, Gertrude's attorney attempted to disprove her involvement by pinning all of the blame on the kids. They claimed that she was chronically ill and incapable of being reasonable and responsible. So she just told them to do whatever and they didn't and therefore she has no culpability, was it? All because she was chronically ill. Oh. Poor baby. Did that was that a thing when you know she she raised that metal object over her head and beat the shit out of her like when she th- had people throw her, her into a scalding bathtub and rub salt on her wounds. Mm, yeah, she was real, real <laughs> ill. Okay. The, the children's attorney did the same. Tried to just pit blame onto Gertrude, claiming they, they were just children. All of them. And they were just following orders of the adult. How were they supposed to know any better? And for some of the younger ones... For some of the younger ones. That's understandable. Okay, yeah. But, like, Paula... But, like... Paula and Stephanie, they were high school kids. The the neighborhood boys that are 13 and 14 years old. Mm, like little, little nine years old. That's totally different. So um, yeah. one thing I did find interesting is they actually brought all of the jurors to Gertrude's house to show them the conditions of the house and the basement where they kept her. Oh, no. And the basement's probably, like, it was even worse than it had already been. There's a picture of the staircase that they believe she slept under when she lived down there. It's just, oh, it's, man. like, just littered with garbage. It's, like, a dirt floor. It's, oh, it's man. gross. Okay. Um, yikes. Yikes. So, the downward spiral of Gertrude... <laughs> Happened when she took the stand. Oh, man. <laughs> and she continued to make her wild-ass accusations against Sylvia being a prostitute. She's being dead! Same. They were like, we have autopsy reports. Her hymens weren't even broken. The only, like, form of anything we could discover was that you fucking made her masturbate with a glass bottle. And it irritated her fucking vaginal cavity so much it was swollen shut. Go fuck yourselves. 
You beat her so badly. That's what happened. Fuck you. Ugh. Um. Man. Like, how can you, you can't even refute that. Like, <laughs> you can't even refute that. Oh, man. Sorry. And here is where you can say holly fucking Leah. They put Gertrude's 11-year-old daughter, Marie, on the stand. At first, Marie went along with what her mother said. To a T. But during cross-examination, she is quoted as screaming, God help me, before blurting out the entire dirty, disgusting truth. Every last detail. They, she told how they, she told everything, every detail. That little girl probably felt so relieved badly about what had happened. Like to finally be able to get that off of her chest. Finally be like, my mother fucking made me do this and she's a a monster. monster. So (sighs) after this. Several others that they put on the stand did the same. Good. So good. She good. went down hard. Oh, my God. Um, Thank God. Stephanie actually never ended up making it to trial as all charges were dropped against her because she testified against her family. Nice. <laughs> so. Um, oh, those kids. And it's actually said that after the trial, she changed her name and moved to Florida. She now is married with children. As oh, far man. as I could find. Some of them, I'll tell you that I, I'll tell you like where they ended up. Okay, okay. So, because of Marie's confession, obviously, they managed to convict Gertrude of first degree murder. Um, they did not go for the death penalty, which to me was a surprise. This is something I, I morbid talks about it. And I very much agree. Death penalty is a huge gray area. Yeah. Huge gray area. Yeah. This woman, I want to beat her to death. <laughs> I think she should be locked in a cellar and beat her to death. <laughs> Sorry. She beat an innocent fucking 16-year-old to death for literally no fucking reason. None. Sorry. That just makes me mad. So they didn't go for the death penalty. Nothing nice. Um, to say. I just keep saying it. I have nothing nice to say. But they <laughs> did give her life in prison with no chance of parole. At first, at she first, she appealed her sentence and was granted a new trial due to prejudice. Pre- oh, I looked up how to say this word. I prejudicial. Prejudicial. Yes, that one. Prejudicial atmosphere. Prejudicial fucking atmosphere. You fucking bitch. I. Ah. There's no prejudicial fucking atmosphere when you fucking did it, you fucking asshole. What Maisie said. (laughs) When you have caused this thing to happen and you've manipulated young fucking children to do this to another human being, you are a fucking monster and there is nothing prejudicial. Oh, my God. Yikes. (laughs) I'm really mad. Okay. So her second trial took place in July of 1971. She was still found guilty, but this time she only got 18 years to life. How old is she at this point, though? She's, like, old. Oh, 1971. She was born in 29. 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. She's in her 50s. Okay. 
I'm bad at math. <laughs> well, hello. Hi, Abelia. <laughs> that was a weird stretch. Abelia's like, you guys are yelling. <laughs> She's like, there's people. I'm incensed, Abelia. Come on, lay down, baby. Lay down with me. I mean, oh, snort. Yeah, you need to sniff into the microphone. <laughs> I'm incensed, so I'm glad that you're awake and you're comforting us. She's, she, that, I think that might be why, because we're upset. <laughs> she's a good, she's a good uh, therapy dog. Good therapy um, dog. Aww. So, she was put into prison. She was a model prisoner. They said that the younger prisoners even referred to her as mom. Ew. You know what she in there for? <laughs> no way. She became eligible for parole in 1985. Are you kidding me? Jenny and her family, they showed up and they fought alongside two local anti-crime groups. And they managed to get 4,500 signatures saying that they should keep her in prison. They still let her go. Are you kidding me? During her hearing, she said, quote, I'm not sure what role I had in it because I was on drugs. I really never knew her. I take full responsibility for whatever happened to Sylvia. Bitch. I don't know what role I had in it. You killed her. That's what you did. You fucking killed her. Even if it weren't wasn't by your hands. You fucking well, killed you her. St- she's the one who fucking started the torture, number what? one. She's the one who added the kids into it, number two. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yikes. So she was released on December 4th. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Hi, Abelia. Of 1985. Okay. Um, to make you feel a little bit better, she only enjoyed five years of freedom. Um, she lived under the name Nadine Van Fossen, which was her middle name and her maiden name. And she had, uh, she moved to Iowa and she lived there for five years before passing away from lung cancer on June 16th, 1990 at the age of 61. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Paula was initially convicted of second degree murder, but she appealed and was also granted a new trial. Um, before that trial began, though, she accepted a plea bargain and pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter in order to receive only 2 to 21 years. She served only seven years before being paroled, despite trying to escape prison twice during those seven years. Are you kidding me? Nope. Um, she was released from parole and only two years later on March of 1974. They just let her go. No more parole. You're good. Have fun in the world. She changed her name to Paula Pace, and she now has two children of her own. Um, there's really no word on where her daughter Gertrude ended up, aside from she was, p- she was put up she was put up for adoption okay. during the trial. Um, this this makes me happy. She moved to Iowa under her new name, and she acquired a job. She worked for a local school. She was a teacher's aide for special needs students. That shouldn't be allowed to happen. Oh, you find out she lied on her resume. They didn't do a proper background check. And so they didn't know she'd changed her name. 
and she didn't say she had a criminal history. Well, somebody found out who she was and anonymously tipped off the local police. Oh, man. The police looked into her, found out her criminal history. They're like, you cannot work here. And went to the school and were like, um, this lady's working for you. And the school went, huh, what? She was immediately fired. Immediately. Um, what a fucking idiot. And she was fired, but for the reason of lying on her resume. Not for the fact that she lied on her resume and was also, you know, convicted of a crime. But, you know, yeah. So okay. <laughs> so, yeah. John Jr., Ricky Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard were all convicted of voluntary manslaughter. And, excuse me, <laughs> did not mean to burp into the microphone, um, due to their ages, were only sentenced to 18 months in juvie. In juvie? Ricky Hobbs, while in prison, suffered a nervous breakdown. Upon release, he began chain smoking so badly, he died of lung cancer at 21 years old. 21? 21 years old. He died of lung cancer. Man. So, John Jr. served his 18 months. And upon release, he actually changed his name to John Blake. He's the only one that he did change his name, but he doesn't really try to hide. Um, he's now married with three children. Um, he appeared once in the media after the Jonesboro Massacre. And he did speak about Sylvia's murder. Hmm. Um, he owned up to what he did. He said... He doesn't understand how he got off so easy and that he deserved a harsher sentence. He said, my mom was very selfish. uh, My mom was a very selfish, uh, self-centered woman. And he never had contact with her again. Oh, man. Um, He ended up passing away at the age of 52 in 2005 from cancer. Hmm. Okay. Um, Coy Hubbard stayed in Indiana. Uh, he worked kind of just menial jobs here and there. Um, he ended up being tried for another murder in 1982, but was acquitted. Huh. I couldn't find any more details on what that murder was, but he was acquitted. Okay. Um, he ended up losing his job in 2007. When a movie was released about Sylvia. And that's the movie I'm going to tell you about. Um, I'll tell you about the movie in a second, though. Um, Marie served no time. Um, She reportedly still lives in Indiana. That's about all we know about her. Okay. Shirley, because she was young, also served no time. Um, And it's unknown where she ended up and whether or not she's still alive. Okay. Um... James, who was like a baby baby, served no time, obviously, and there's no known information about him. And same with Dennis Jr. He was placed into foster care and adopted out to a family in California. Um, He actually passed away in 2012. It didn't say from what. um, But, yeah. So. Oh, man. Oh, man. 
Lester and Betty eventually divorced in 1967, just a year after the trial. Betty remarried, um, and she eventually passed away in 1998 at the age of 71. Okay. Lester moved to Florida. Um, it didn't say whether or not he ever got re- remarried, okay. um, but he passed away in February of 2013. <laughs> Nicole. <sighs> I I tried to write in 2013 at the age of, and I wrote 2013 at the age of 2013. So I apologize. I do not have the age at which he passed away. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Lord. I can can imagine why, because you're probably like this motherfucker. I was, uh, at this point, I was so mad. (laughs) Um, So Jenny married and had a family of her own before she passed away in 2004 at only the age of 54. Remember, she did have polio. She, did, she had polio. Um, it didn't say if that's what she passed away from. Okay. But I know that people with polio tend to pass away younger. Quickly, more quickly. Um, so on June 22nd of 2001, they unveiled a memorial to Sylvia at the Willard Park on East Washington Street in Indianapolis. It is still there today. Yeah. Um, there's actually pictures. This was before Jenny passed away. Um, there's pictures of Jenny there. Like oh, really? Sobbing, and it breaks my heart. Oh. Um, in 2007, a movie was released called "An American Crime," and it's oh my god, yes, yep, and it's about the horrors that took place within this home. It has Elliot Page, James Franco, Evan Peters, and there's like a bunch of other really familiar faces. I'm just really bad with names. Okay, I wrote down who I knew. <laughs> right. Um, and. Like I said, I'm going to get into the movie in a second. I'm going to save that rant because I, I, I did not like the movie. Okay, okay. Um, in uh, 2015, um, Jenny, Jenny and Sylvia's older sister, Diana, ended up making headlines again. Hmm. And not in a good way. Oh, the, yikes. It's okay. actually, in a, it's very sad. Oh. So her and her husband, Paul, were on their way to visit their son in California. Uh-huh. They got lost. And they ended up, and to this day, they, like, they said that, she's like, I don't really know how we ended up here. They, like, took all of these different back roads, and they ended up on this unpaved, like, dirt back road in the middle of the mountains, and their car got stuck. Oh, no. So, at the time, her husband, Paul, was 79. Um, she was in her late 60s. Um... They were both diabetic. Oh, man. Paul, um, it was at the point he couldn't walk without really like a walker or a cane. Ugh. Um, they ended up stuck for two weeks. Two weeks? That's how deserted the road was that they were, they ended up on. Oh, man. They survived on rainwater and the sack of oranges and the buttercream pie that they had been traveling with to bring to their son. Oh, man. Um, they both quickly became too weak to move, though, because of they were their diabetic. Yeah, they don't have their medicines or whatever. Um, they, they were reported missing almost immediately, though, because once they didn't show up, right. they became very worried, and they figured out that they left the house, but they didn't know where they ended up. Okay. So they were reported missing, and several searches were done, but they ended they just up don't know where they so are. in the middle of nowhere that they could not find them. Oh, man. Um, unfortunately, 
Paul ended up succumbing to a heart attack after about a week and a half of being stuck in the vehicle. Oh, man. So the last few days, she wrote a note that basically said, like, this is what happened. This is who we are and left it on the dashboard because she couldn't move. She, like, couldn't even get out to get rainwater there. They said when they um, they ended up being found by a man who was riding an ATV through the area. Uh-huh. And um, he said when we found them, there was cups outside the car filled with rainwater. And but she couldn't even move to get one. But she couldn't even move to get one. Oh, um, man. So she did survive, and she ended up making it through, but obviously Paul did not. That's so sad. Which is very, very sad. Oh, man. Um, okay. And... One good thing that did come out of this in 2010, Sylvia's Child Advocacy Center, um, it's a nonprofit organization, was formed in Lebanon, Indiana. Their website says, quote, we work every day to remember her name, honor her life, and protect children in Boone County from the same anguish and torture as Sylvia endured. So their, um, their organization does um, the forensic interviews for children who are imbu- um, I- involved with all like the abuse cases and things like that. Um, and they provide all kinds of counseling for children, for adults that are all involved in this kind of stuff. Oh my goodness, and they, they offer all these different types of resources, placement for the children and things like that to help out kids that are in a similar situation. Oh, man. Um, if I wrote this down, if you guys want to donate, they do accept donations. Because like I said, they're a nonprofit yes. organization. You can go to their website. It is Sylvia's cac.org backslash donation or donate sorry so s-y-l-v-i-a s-c-a-c dot org backslash donate um the reason i am saving talking about the movie to the end is because it was horrible (laughs) they used her likeness her name took all of these people's names and they did not do her justice and it pissed me off man i don't like that they left out so many important details they changed things and they in the beginning said because what happens is it starts out and it's the trial Mm. and so you get them there's pieces of the trial intertwined with flashbacks to what happened. Mm-hmm. The trial, they and they it pops up in the very beginning before the movie starts, and it says, like, based on trial notes from... So, like, they took it from Their notes. the actual transcript of the trial. the Like, the trial pieces. Mm-hmm. But the telling of the story in between is not accurate. Huh. They left out so much... There was things that I was like, that wasn't accurate. I found, I, you will see, I have like, like 10 sources for this freaking thing. Oh my God. There was so many sources on this and I wanted to go through a lot of them because I wanted to make sure everything was right. Mm-hmm. And like, they, they said that, um, um, she, like Gertrude claimed that she ran away, that she was a prostitute and ran away. In the movie, Gertrude says, oh, I put her in juvie because she was lashing out. And, like, the, the neighborhood boy, Ricky Hobbs, they didn't bring him into the story as much until the end. They kind of made him, like, 
an awkward bystander that didn't know what was going on until the end. And it was just like he was way more involved. And like they brought in her ex-husband, John, John Sr. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, John or yeah. More, like they had him like actively involved in this and he wasn't. Oh, man. Like, there was just a lot wrong with the movie that if you want to learn about this case, do not watch watch this movie. I was really upset with it. Oh, my God. I'm like, this girl had a horrific life and death, and you couldn't even get it accurate. You wanted to tell her story, and you did a very bad job. Like, it was just... (sighs) I was disappointed. I was very disappointed. And for such almost like a star-studded movie, there was a lot of people in it. Right. You said like James Franco. Yeah. People. Huh. It was just poorly done. And I was angry. I would have been mad. I would have been like, what the fuck? And one thing that really got me was you get to the end in those days leading up to her death. And they like they left out a lot of the abuse that was in there. Like they, they said, she just like died. they like lightened the abuse almost. Like there wasn't a, as much as there actually was in real life. And I'm like, I get it. It's a movie, and you kind of don't want to scare people away. But you're telling somebody's true story. You don't lighten their true story. This is the fucking truth, and it was awful. Right. Like you don't just change that to make a movie. Go fuck yourselves. Uh. That her story was horrible. The movie should have been horrible. Man. And so the part at the end leading up, it gets to the point where she dies. So I told you how she tried to run out the front door and didn't make it. And I'm assuming Elliot Page plays Sylvia. Yes. Okay. Um, She gets out and in the movie. They show her get like out the front door and then they show Ricky Hobbs coming in and like breaking her away from Gertrude and basically getting her and saving her. And you see them drive off together and she he drives her all the way to the circus where his, her parents are. And she gets there and she's like hysterical, beaten, broken and he like shows them the carving in her chest and everything and you're like this didn't happen. And then all of a sudden they drive her back to Gertrude's house and they're like honey you have to go back inside. And she walks inside, and they pan down to the floor, and they're trying to resuscitate her. So it's like, a dream. Sh- it's like a dream. But if you don't know the case, that was confusing as fuck. And even after reading the case, I couldn't. I was sitting there going, "What the fuck is happening?" This isn't. This isn't. Happen. They didn't do anything like not a change of filter, no like anything to try and show you that this was a dream, huh. that this was not reality. Right. And they don't, like, they don't show the fact that they, like, threw her in the bathtub before she died. That she, like, literally, like, just, she succumbed to a head injury. She doesn't look nearly as beaten as she should be. And it's just, Uh, it pissed me off. It pissed me off. That would piss me off. I was like, this movie is not good enough. It's not good. Not good enough for her. Not if you're trying to, like, show what actually happened to her, no. And there, there is another movie um, that's loosely based. Different names, different setting. Like, has some aspects that are similar. Okay. And I did not watch that one. I, ch- I chose Do not to called? watch that one. Um, I had it. Hold Baby on. Bomb. 
Hold on. I have it. Because Jordan, who recommended it, I was texting her this morning. And oh, I was thank like, you, Jordan. You evil woman. <laughs> this case was horrible. Um, it's called The Girl Next Door. Okay. It's by um, it's Jack Ketchum. Okay. Um, but that's the cover right there. Huh. Okay. But it's it's loosely based. Okay. It's not not the same names, not the exact story. Got it. So I chose to watch the one that was supposed to be based on her life, and it was horrible. Ugh. I'm still bitter. I'm still really fucking bitter. Oh It was man. just. I'm so fucking mad. I don't have anything more to say than that. <laughs> in, in the span of two months, they did all of that to her. And she was... And the fact that nothing was done, that other people knew that it was happening. And they just let it happen. And they just let oh, it happen. Oh, and that was, that's the one thing I did want to mention in the movie, is that in the movie, they tried to make the siblings, like the, the, do- like the children of Gertrude, seem more sympathetic for her. There's, like, parts where Paula runs in and is like, no, Mom, don't hit her. Like, and I'm like, that didn't fucking happen. That didn't happen. Paula was the one that, like, started it all. Yeah. Well, not started it all, but started it down a pretty fucking dark path. There's, like, several points where they showed the children, like, hesitating and questioning what they were doing and this and that. I'm like, well, I mean, and I'm sure that there was some of that. You know, but, they were kids. But they had them, like, intervening. And yeah, like, and that's not the same that thing. That didn't happen. You can be like, this doesn't seem right. But mom says but so. But mom says so without it being like, no, don't do that. Which is obvious that they were too afraid to do that. Yeah. All of them were probably too afraid to do that. Because they probably, to be honest, would have all gotten beaten like that. Had it not just been Sylvia and they were like better Sylvia than me. I know that's terrible to say, but, but so they went along children. with it. But they're children. That's exactly what they think. And so like the nine year olds, 11 year olds, whatever. But I'm sorry, Paula, you're a fucking teenager. You, you know, right yep. from wrong at that point. I'm sorry. And she literally was like, oh, she lied about she lied about Sylvia mm-hmm. to protect herself. Yep. And started like, it down this spirally path did like, you not think your mother was going to notice eventually that you're fucking pregnant that you are actually pregnant and that she's done all of this and like in defense of you quote unquote and you lied it, like no, what it, happened when that happened i want to know what happened when that happened when she finally figured out yeah i was pregnant well that's the thing is i couldn't find anything oh. throughout the sources that explained what How happened. she found that out. The movie shows it as, like, the rumors do come back around. And they get to Gertrude and John Sr. is like, oh, like, I heard I heard a rumor that Paula's pregnant. And Gertrude was like, I don't want to hear that. And then later on, she gets, like, a doctor's bill for a pregnancy test. And that's how she finds out in the movie, but I couldn't find any evidence to back that up. That whether that was real or not. So I have no idea, and I don't like that. I didn't like half that movie, so I don't fucking trust it. Right. So I, I'd say personally, that's probably not true. Man. Grumpy. That, well, Jordan, thanks for fucking me up. Thanks for the fucking doozy. <laughs> oh my god. 
I mean, we've already talked about mine for next week, and it's like pretty crazy too. Yeah. Like I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. So, guys, you guys have given us some some thinkers. We have some stuff coming for you. Oh man! Yikes. Uh, I don't know what to say. Anyway, here's I, where you can listen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maisie, where can they find us? <laughs> oh man, you guys can find us all over the social medias if you want to find us there. Um, mm-hmm. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Buzzkillers Podcast. At Buzzkillers Podcast. <laughs> we are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. At Buzzkillers Pod. You can find us on YouTube at Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. If you like us and we get to a thousand subscribers we will eventually be able to get our own handle so please did i say hundred you said a thousand a thousand a hundred <laughs> sorry much, i'm sorry much smoother number i did finish my wine so um, you did i talked a lot <laughs> yeah that was a doozy man okay and you can if you want to you can visit our website at www.buzzkillerspodcast.com www.buzzkillerspodcast.com <laughs> on that website you can read a little about us you can look at the wines that we drink which are pretty fucking good by the way mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I, guess I already finished mine <laughs> and you can also send us a little message if you want if you don't want to use that web page and just want to use your regular Gmail or whatever email you use browser, you can email us at buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. Buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to listen, we are anywhere that you find your podcasts. But for specificity's sake, <laughs> we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music slash Audible, mm-hmm. Pandora, um, Google Podcast. I'm missing something. I heart radio. I heart radio. That's always on. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously you can listen on our own website if you so choose. And Podbean. And Podbean. Podbean. They Podbean. are wonderful. And we love them. So um, give us a listen. And I'm sorry that this episode just just a downer. Seriously, this whole episode was depressing as I'm hell. And I apologize. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. Oh. <laughs> how do we? How do we go from here? Yeah. How do we go from here, guys? Uh, um, we'll be back at you next week. We've got some extra special content coming this month, guys. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, be watching our social medias. We will be announcing everything there. Yes. So. Uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do all the time. Yes. So we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. By the way, thanks for getting us to 4,000 downloads. I don't think yes. we mentioned that. No, we did not. Um, we hit that a couple weeks ago. We did, and we are very, very proud and thankful and grateful. So we love you guys so much. Stay tuned, and we'll be back at you next week with some more listeners' choice. Woo-hoo. Okay, bye. 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 Ah.